All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the podcast. Uh, we are going to talk about teaming today. I have a lot of experience with teaming. Larry li- really loves running team. He'll tell you about that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know that. <laughs> um, you know, it's something that I've done. I talked about it on the podcast before when I had Zeke uh, on the truck with me. Um, but we had uh, we have a driver that's interested in teaming, and the subject caught up uh, brought was brought up. And so we're going to bring on a, uh, a Landstar BCO that has been running team and has been listening to the podcast. And we're going to bring her on so that we can talk about that experience of running team at Landstar, uh, which I think you'll find is a whole lot different than uh, the conventional idea that you probably have running team uh, if you've done it as a company driver. So, Larry, why don't you go ahead and introduce Judy and bring her onto the program? Well, I... I met Judy online um, because she runs a very uh, helpful Facebook page for new, well, not new, but people at BCOs at Landstar who want to seek help and seek mentoring. And she's got a a very, very nice Facebook page called BCO Mentoring. And um, she does a really good job of monitoring it and keeping the trolls and the haters out and making it a nurturing place for people who really want to get information and not want to be made fun of. So that's where I first came across her. Um, and then our paths have crossed with mutual friends that, that we have. And so um, I knew that she and her husband were very successful running a team operation at Landstar. And we've had a couple of people who have um, emailed in asking about team um, and so I thought, well, I'll just ask Judy if she would mind coming on and just talking about team. And, and um, so without, without further ado, Judy, I'd like for you to, to tell us a little bit about you and, and, your, and your operation and how you got started at Landstar and kind of what the opportunities are at Landstar for teams. And just, um, just take the floor and we'll probably interrupt you a couple of times with some questions. But um, everybody, this is Judy Byerly. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Chris. Um, when you initial, initially contacted me, of course, I was like, mm, no, uh, I'm not one to speak publicly. Um, a brief note, the BCO mentoring page, which is really where we got our start here. I'm simply a moderator there. Uh, people see my presence there more, but it actually was started by a great group of BCOs. And uh, I'm just a helper on the page. Oh, okay. So, well, I'm, um, I'm staying correct. But, uh, you know, I am around there quite a bit. Um, my husband and I had been company team drivers for 13 years. And uh, we had driven a variety of things. We had done chemical tankers out of the ports of Houston. We had done uh, parts deliveries with LiftGate. We had driven line haul with doubles for four years. And as we're getting older, and we are an older team, I always tell people, two geezers and a truck here to serve you. And, uh, but I think the most amazing thing about that is it really doesn't matter uh, age or anything else here. The opportunity is available for everyone. If you walk in the door with a work ethic and an attitude of service, it is amazing. And I get terribly excited and ahead of myself when I speak about Landstar because of the opportunities that we have had here. So we were driving company team. We went through a family situation. Uh, 
Uh, we lost three family members. We sold our home. We gave up our jobs. We cashed out our 401ks. And by the time we got to that point, this beautiful retirement we thought we had ahead of us, it was pretty much toast. And we were uh, at a point in our life where we didn't think that we could recover from that. Uh, Landstar has changed all of that for us. Uh, they didn't do the work for us, but they provided the opportunity for us. Right. And uh, we took what little bit of cash we had. We went out. First time truck tires, often it's a, a difficult mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people want to break into it and you, it doesn't matter if you have good credit or a little bit of money. Sometimes it's hard to get into that first truck. And, uh, but we came here with no experience as owner operators, uh, good, hard driving experience behind us, but didn't have a clue about how to run a trucking business. Mm -hmm. And, um, the one thing that I will say that we did have for us was we seriously, and you and Chris have spoke about this at times, the attitude of service. Uh, one of the things that I cross paths with frequently in helping on the mentoring page or as people are referred to me is, <clears throat> and <laughs> forgive me because this is my point of view. Everyone has a point of view. What I seem to see happen frequently is people say, I have a truck and I have a CDL, therefore I'm special. Uh, now that I own my own truck, I'm special. So when I come in the door, I expect to be treated special. And uh, the reality is there are 10,000 BCOs here and they all have a CDL and they all have a truck. <laughs> now, what are you going to do to make yourself special? And uh, we came in the door, we were willing to do anything. We put chains on the truck and the Northern routes that no one wanted to run in the winter. Uh, that's where we went to make our money. Um, we were, we made wonderful contacts. Social media is kind of a uh, love-hate relationship thing for me. Uh, but I have to give it credit that that is where I've met this wonderful group of BCOs who have mentored us, helped us, made us laugh, uh, pass the days and things for us to begin to get to know people and learn the business. So that's how we wound up here, broke, getting older, and going well, we don't have anything to lose. We might as well try this. <laughs> so, so how, how did y'all end up as truck drivers? Where, how did that come about? Well, my husband had dabbled in trucking back in the early 90s uh, when we were still raising children. And he and I both were military veterans, not retired, but several years each. And uh, that did not go very well. I basically told him at that point in time that if I wanted to live alone and raise children alone, that I wouldn't have gotten married. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but it was the typical over-the-road trucking job. Uh, I went on to nursing school. Uh, I was working. The kids grew up. They got married. He went back into trucking and I was home alone and he said, hey, there's this team thing going on out here. You know, uh, do you maybe want to try this a couple of years to get the kids through school, get a home paid for and so on and so forth. And so I left what I thought was temporary uh, and fully intended to go back into nursing. Uh, as soon as we got those goals accomplished, and that was 16 years ago. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to make it back to nursing at this point. So that was about 2004? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes. so um, 
had he been with a company or for a while and you, you started teaming at that company or did y'all get together? And then how did your, cause a, a lot of people talk about like the empty nest program at Landstar where a BCA will bring their spouse on. Uh, so you had, I'm assuming you had to go through a school and all I that did. kind of stuff. Yes, I did. Um, because he had been out of trucking a number of years, it was difficult for him to come back in. And so he found a company that was, shall we say, not top tier, but they were willing to take him because he did have a good safety record. And uh, they took him and he ran for them, I'm going to say probably uh, eight months. And uh, that's when he discussed with me the idea of my going to school. And so I went to a uh, uh, CDL school and uh, finished that and got on the truck. He was my trainer at that company. And uh, we worked there for a couple of months until we were able to move into a more reputable company. Hmm. So we came in the traditional route. I went out there, uh, did the thing by myself, and, and uh, then joined him on the truck. And that's so how most got, couples get started. So you guys have been trucking together, did you say 13 years, what you said? 16? Uh, 16 now. 16 years. Okay. Yes. 13 years when we came to Landstar. Yes. I have a lot of regrets that we didn't come here sooner. Mm -hmm. uh, for years, I had been nagging and wanting to buy a truck, even if I didn't know anything about it. He was like, hey, mm -hmm. we have good jobs, you know, and uh, we had a busy life. And, and uh, uh, so it was not something he had as great an interest in. But uh, I do wish we'd come here sooner. It's just that all that experience has made us who we are now, which is probably what makes us appreciate Landstar so much is because we have seen a lot of trucking. You said a couple of things that I want to, I want to just reiterate or, 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 or stress again to our audience because you, you made a point and we, we talk about this all the time, not just at Landstar, but one of the things that we preach is that, when you become an owner operator, you transition from your current identity of a typically a, a, a employee driver to now a business owner. And there is a skill set there that most people don't have or don't have developed at that point in time. And their ability to recognize that and address it and develop it quickly or develop it prior to making the move usually determines their success or failure. Um, the, the point, the, the, the thing you said that I want to restate is that in, in, in recent, recent events, I think, um, illustrate this, you know, just because you own a truck doesn't mean that you're entitled to a certain rate, you know, just because you own a truck doesn't mean that we have to give you business. You know, you're just another face and another set of 18 wheels among about three and a half million. Yes. Okay. Yes. And what makes you survive or not is not because you have the truck and the CDL. It's, and you said it so well, the attitude of service. I want to steal the line from a, 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 a guy who I think a lot of you may know him. His name is Larry Wingett. He's a, he's a very sought-after speaker and, and a motivational kind of guy, but he's not the kind of fluff guy that most people think of as motivational speakers. But he has a saying, it is, discover your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. And at first glance, you, that, that word exploit 
it typically has a negative connotation. But if you'll think about it hard, that's exactly what, what you're saying, is that you made yourself stand out from all the others because you found your uniqueness and you, well, let's leave the word exploit out. You used it in the course of building your business. And that's what made you successful and not one of the other faces in the crowd. Would that be a fair statement you would say then? I think so. Uh, I was just discussing a quote by Zig Ziglar this week with someone. <clears throat> Initially, when I was younger, it didn't have the appeal for me. If you help enough other people get what they want in life, you too mm -hmm. will get what you want in life. And I looked at that as, oh, you're using people. But that's not really the meaning of that quote. No, 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 no. It, it's, a, it's a natural occurrence when we meet an agent, when we begin doing business with an agent, my goal is, and I tell them frequently, my goal is to be one of the best teams you've ever worked with. Mm -hmm. Tell me how we can best serve you, right? What works for you on this load? What can I do for you that will make this, this load easier for you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. sure. uh, that's in my heart to do the best job we can. The result of that is they come back to us and ask us to do more business with them. Of course, so. because, because, you know, the other people they work for are just the opposite. What are you going to do for me? You know, this load is 10,000 pounds more than you said it was going to be. What are you going to pay me? You know, right. Right. Uh, we got detained for three hours. What are you going to do about it? You know, right. So that's what they're used to working with. And then Correct. you come in and you go, what can I do for you? You know, Correct. when I, when I used to be in the sales business, you know, the, 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 my approach was just what you said, you know, I, I need to get in the door. Give me your worst account. Give me your yes. biggest problem. What is yes. the, what's the thing that keeps you up at night? Let me have that. And right. then if I can do that, then I can earn everything else. Correct. Now, I understand Correct. exactly what you're saying. It's, and Correct. it's all about attitude. It's, it is. You know, there's a lot of things in the world you can't control. Attitude's not one of them. Every morning you set the tone, you know. So um, interesting. Well, tell us a little bit about teaming at Landstar in terms of how do you find loads? And what, 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 what we, was your, how did you get started? Hang, hang on a second. I want to sure. I I go a little bit more literal in the story here. Um, I want to I pause. So, because right. there's a lot of company drivers that are going to hear this, and I, I want to make sure we don't fast forward too much. So, you guys are teaming for 13 years, tankers, Correct. doubles, uh, line haul driving, right? Um, so, I'm assuming that you're probably making a pretty good living. I don't know, maybe a hundred, hundred twenty thousand, something like that, as a as an in, income. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> throughout that 13 years, does the owner operator possibility start to, to, uh, to show up as you're going along as something that's off in the distance that hey, I might consider that I might look at that or did you ignore it for a while? How, how did you first become as a team interested in business ownership? I think probably, uh, speaking personally for myself, uh, business always fascinated me. I didn't feel that I had any knowledge <clears throat> or experience in it, but it was something that intrigued me. Um, 
we would look at it from time to time. Frequently, when we would be at a company working, they would say, hey, we have an owner-operator program. And we would look at that and see what they charge for their trucks or see what they paid and go, gosh, it doesn't seem like that much of an advantage to us. But I, I wanted it, but we didn't actually strive for that. Our last company job, in all honesty, was a very good company job. We were home every week. We had outstanding benefits. But when we moved to a rural area, all of that was gone. They did not exist where we lived at that time to serve our family. And so that was gone. And that's when we really began to look at it. That and just the blind belief that maybe our work ethic that had made others so much money that maybe if somehow we could harness that for our own benefit that, you know, so no, we didn't have a plan over the years. We, uh, I kept trying to get out of trucking, to be honest with you. I, I was constantly enrolling in nursing school and then realizing there was another crisis and, and I better stay where I was, where the money was. So, so as you come to, um, because it sounded like there was other events uh, that led up to buying the truck, but you, you buy the truck. So from that point, are you already is like Landstar the only destination to take yes. that truck? Okay. That so, was our plan. Yes. When I decided so, to buy a truck, Landstar was the choice. And so at that point, I'm curious to know, um, cause a lot of people come into Landstar completely blind. They have, they have an idea of what they think it's going to be like and then find out that it's completely different. So you're, you're preparing to buy the truck. You've bought the truck. You've gone through the process to lease it on, uh, which I guess is what, three years ago. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. We just got our email to renew our contracts. Okay. Yes. So about 20 to so 2017, um, markets decent, you know, so what was that first say from, uh, tell me a little bit about the truck itself. What kind of truck did you get? Where did you get it from? And then go through the process. And what's that first 90 days like? Uh, a blur. It's a blur. Uh, I spoke with Landstar to see what their requirements were. I had just a little bit of cash left from the crisis that we had been through with family. And um, I, we had good credit. So I went to a Freightliner dealer and I said, hey, I've got X amount of dollars. Uh, how about selling me a truck? Um, they were not impressed. <laughs> they uh, offered me a deal that uh, I don't believe anybody should have taken, even though it was on a new truck. And they would finance me. They would give me a new truck, right? And I looked around and I said, okay, maybe we need to reserve part of this cash Maybe I need to find a cheaper deal to go into. But I knew from our experience as teaming, okay, all drivers need to be reliable about that. Solos are just as responsible for getting their loads in on time as teams are. However, when you run expedited freight and you've got 41 hours to get from Charleston to the border in California, you do not have time to stop for service. You do not have time to blow a tire. You do not have time to do these things. And so the equipment that typically teams look for is something that is uh, maybe newer. It will take the miles, maybe still under warranty and things. But I put out a search to buy a newer used truck. And of all the financing deals I was offered out there, 
actually Lone Mountain offered me the best deal. And uh, it is a lease purchase agreement. There are many people that don't understand it. Uh, if you have lots of cash and you've bought many trucks, you can go any place to get financing. First time truck buyers, you don't have all those options. And uh, I spoke with them at length. I said, I want a truck no more than 150,000 miles. They laughed and said, we'll call you in a year if one comes through the gate. <laughs> mm -hmm. But in reality, in two weeks, they called me. And there had been a small fleet owner that had lost three trucks. He had been forced to close his business. They repossessed three trucks. Uh, it had 154,000 miles on it. It looked brand new. They offered me what I determined to be a good deal to get in the door with, to get the business started. You know, a lot of times uh, you're just desperate to get the business started. You don't have the best choices. You don't have the perfect financing and things available to you. And so we came in through Lone Mountain and I cleared and made sure everything was good with Landstar and we went and picked up the truck and that's how we began. Yeah, that's where I bought my truck from Lone Mountain. So mm -hmm. I'm familiar with the experience. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that, you know, I cannot say a bad word about them. Um, I can't either. You know, uh, I have seen the comments on social media, which, you know, you mentioned social media. That's the CB radio of 2020. Yes, it is. Um, yes. Uh, but everything happened exactly as they described it. You know, yes. I, I paid the down payment. I got the truck. I paid the payments. Uh, yes. You know, at the very end, um, or not at the very end, when my engine broke, they gave me one month deferment on a payment, you know, put right. it at the end. And, right. Um, okay. So you, you found a truck, you got a truck, which is what, like a 16 model, 15, it's 16? a 17, it's okay, a 17, 17 model yes. Freightliner. I'm assuming Cascadia, uh, Volvo, we oh, Volvo. got the Volvo okay. 780 VNL. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. So now you're at Landstar. You've gone through the gauntlet, as Larry and I <laughs> refer to it, the qualification process. Survived yes. the first hurdle. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hell on yes. earth, level seven. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and you got a trailer. Now. Um, Which was your second hurdle, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've got a Very truck. True. You've gotten qualified. You've gotten a trailer. Now, I'm assuming you have zero relationships with agents, right? You got Correct. nothing at that point? Correct. We so, did not know anyone. I, I meet a lot of people that they've got a friend here or they know someone here or something. We, we had no one. We knew no one that was at the company, leased to the company, worked for the company. We walked in as complete strangers. So, I remember having this experience about 10 days in and creepy is always the word that I use to describe it because <laughs> I'm thinking, there's no dispatcher. There's nobody to tell me to go. Yes. There's nobody yes. to tell me to stop. I'm yes. just going from agent to agent. Yes. And I was yes. going back through my settlements yesterday or the day before with Zeke, where he's my best friend. Zeke is looking at buying a truck. And I went back and looked at my first six or eight settlements and they're incredible. The revenue, we would be jealous of the revenue numbers right now yes. that yes. I did by myself. So, yes. And all I did was I went from load to load to load. Yes. So as best as you can describe that first couple weeks, couple months, because um, Team Freight, as we'll, we'll get to here in a minute, as we start talking about agents and networking, Team Freight can be a little scarce around Landstar. So what was that like, that first entrance to the work in the board? 
Well, we were at the orientation center. <clears throat> Again, no contacts, no knowledge. And we were waiting on the company trailer to be assigned. We were in Fort Worth. And uh, every day, I would call into trailer utilization and say, hey, guys, we need to get working. You know, this has been a process. We've been out of work for a few weeks now getting through the process. And they would say, you're on the list. And about the fourth day that we were sitting in the orientation center, and now I'm starting to get nervous, like, uh, oh, gosh, this, this can't be happening. Another BCO wandered by, and he said, have you checked the SOS board? SOS board. I don't know what the SOS board is, but uh, sometimes, you know, a driver breaks down or something happens and the load has to be uh, recovered. It has to be saved and get, you know, taken on to the destination. And so he showed me how to do that. And that was the first uh, of many, many, many times that BCOs have stepped in to help us that uh, I just will talk about that what it means to have relationships here and have contacts here and build your network here and what it does for your business. And uh, he showed me, well, there was a team load they'd been trying to recover for three days. It needed to be in LA. How fast could you get there, right? Uh, we bobtailed up there. I called the agent. I said, can we keep the trailer if we run it? He said, absolutely. Uh, we grabbed our stuff and off we went and we grabbed it and headed for LA. And uh, so that's how we got our first trailer. That's a good tip for anyone coming in. When you're yes. waiting on that trailer, you yes. watch that SOS board mm -hmm. and always ask, can I keep the trailer after I deliver? Can I use this for my trailer then? And that is how we got started. Uh, a few things happened. Uh, I'm kind of uh, OCD about things like the load board. The load board was fascinating to me. I saw all these opportunities of, you know, but I didn't know anything. I didn't know the questions you were supposed to ask. Uh, I didn't know about the things to be aware of, you know, and your phone will ring when you're new. And when you've been here a while, your phone will ring. Some of those offers will be wonderful offers. And some of those offers will be 10 stops for a dollar a mile that take three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have a plan. You need to have a list of questions to ask. When someone calls and presents an offer, what's your priority? Is it the location you're trying to get to? Is it the money that you're after? Uh, what are you willing to do? So uh, I began hitting the load board and our phone was ringing with offers. Uh, a couple of them were, were takers. They were good. Uh, we still didn't have a frame of reference. You know, what does it cost to be in business? How much can we run for? I didn't have a cost per mile. I didn't have all those things figured out. So we just began running. Whatever we could get our hands on, we just ran. You know, uh, they want you to go to Wyoming. Okay, we're in Wyoming. They want you to go here. You, uh, they want you there yesterday. We would give it all we got. And uh, so we began working the load board, and that's what we did. Uh, and were you so, only taking team freight, or were you taking just long no, uh, solo freight? No, that's the interesting thing, and that's why teams really do have a wonderful advantage here. There is team freight. There's quite a bit of line haul team freight. If you can get in that truck and you actually run team. I meet a lot of teams that run 
what we call super single. Super you know, super solo. They're yeah, super solo. They mm -hmm. you know they don't really want to hurry, but you know they generate extra revenue by having that second driver. Again, the beauty of choice at Landstar. There's a plan for everyone here, however you want to run, and. Um, but there is team freight, but sometimes we would see a load taking us to an area or had a good rate on it. And I would call them and say, we're a team. Uh, how would you feel if we gave you team service for a solo rate? May I deliver that a day early for you? And you would be surprised how often that they're willing to accommodate that. Well, sure, we can do that for you if you want to bring it in a day early. Thereby, I'm creating my own team freight and um, still moving toward the goal. So you can run team freight, you can run solo freight. Um, uh, there's, you know, there's freight to be had. So how long would you say um, before you look up and the smoke is cleared and you think, okay, now I get it. Now I understand. Is it 90 days? Is it six months? Is it a year? I'm going to say for me personally, six months. Uh, I did a search for Landstar forums, and this is where the love-hate relationship comes in with social media. Uh, if you are not uh, into networking, if that's not been part of your company driver, uh, if you're not used to connecting with other drivers, if you're not used to being on Facebook, I cannot encourage you strongly enough to get with the program. As you said, it is the CB you know, we all started out with CBs and I miss that. I still monitor mine, you know, but there's rarely anyone uh, on there uh, like there used to be. But uh, I joined a Facebook group. I actually joined a BCL mentoring page. And uh, it was embarrassing the questions I would ask. I mean, I, I honest to goodness didn't know anything. And I would get on there and I would say, okay, our first settlement just hit. And I set up direct deposit at orientation, but I can't find my money. My money's not in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, a BCO came in there and said, well, you have to do another you step. Do this that, is, yeah. You know, this is how you get your money. You know, I chased Option my money three. for three or four <laughs> Yeah, I, I chased <laughs> my money for three or four days. And it became a joke. I was on that page so often asking questions, the most basic questions. Uh, that, you know, I had a BCO team, very experienced, very successful, commented, uh, sent me a private message and said, hey, look, we, we check in every day just to see what you're going to ask because you're just a, you're just a hoot, you know. You're, you're asking all the questions no one else yeah, had the balls yeah, to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they were like, you're, you're hysterical, you know. And I said, hey, it's all about the money. You know, I got to find the money. You know, I want to make a point here, and I'm not being negative, but I just want to make a point at how over overwhelming this can be. Now, yes. you spent at least two days at orientation learning how to do all this, okay? Correct. But yet the first paycheck you got, you didn't get paid because you didn't catch that part or they didn't cover it or whatever. Correct. And, you know, that that's kind of a two-edged comment that's made there. I mean, I have always advocated that our, that our orientation is not near long enough nor thorough enough. I agree. And, and number two, there again, that's everybody that go. Well, if you came here with your own authority, that's different. But people who come here that were company drivers, they have no concept 
right. of all the back end stuff that they have to now do that Correct. was for them before. Correct. And, and this is the thing that, that if you're not prepared for that, you know, if you're not um, able to, 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 to develop that skill quickly, you know, it, it's, it's just bad news. You know, it's bad news here because now thank God we've got groups like yours that can come in and help, but still there's only so much help that you can get. If, if, I mean, you can still have to ask the questions. If you don't know how to do the work, you still, you know, you can't, correct. Make, you can't get correct. someone on Facebook to come do the work for it, you know, so. That's correct. And, you know, uh, people would say, did you not listen to orientation? And yeah. I would say, <clears throat> and I would say, I'm a <laughs> note taker. I yeah. pay attention. Trust me, I was yeah. paying attention. But some things aren't covered. And one suggestion right. I would make for them is that the people teaching orientation, uh, if they could find BCOs that actually had the experience uh, to teach yeah. the class, uh, you know, and we have fine folks teaching it. It's not, uh, it's not disrespectful of them. No, it's just no, no. when you've actually done the job, you know, all those little things that that driver is going to have to have their first few weeks on the road. So and, Judy, uh, I used to go and still for the most part, I used to go, I, I go to most orientations with every driver that I hire. Okay. Because number one, I want to sit there and fill in those gaps that I Correct. see in here. Yes. And the other thing is sometimes there's things because they're working for me that we do a little differently than if they were doing it yes. on their own. And I need to head that off early on. Okay. So I have been, I have sat through probably 25 or 30 orientations. Okay. Oh, wow. God at least. help you. At least. Okay. <laughs> so and and I, I can and again I, the fellow that I that we always go to he's a good guy he we I mean I like him and but he's from the HR world he's not even in Correct. the trucking business okay yes yes and um there's just I mean there's just things that are in this slideshow that there's depth that needs to be gone into Correct. but it's just a slide. Da, 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 right. da, next slide, you know. Right. It's and, a whole and, lot more CYA than CPA. Yes. 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 Good point. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's and and so what we have done, Judy. Now is that we have we send all of our people to Landstar Orient now because they're not going to be BCOs. They don't have to go to day two because nothing in day two are they going to do. Now, when they get ready to leave us and become BCOs, then they go back to orientation. And they get that if they even need it by then. But so we spend one day with them in orientation and then we spend at least two days, if not three, doing our own orientation, you know, to basically make you functional on day one. I mean, that's the supplement that we have to do to get people to be able to function, you know, after that. So um, it's uh, I, I just we just could see this huge um, gap in what they learned and, or what they knew coming in and what they were going to have to know day one when they started driving. And Correct. we had to wait for a trailer anyway. So, right. You know, right. It, it, uh, and that, that's like another reason I have so much respect for what you and Chris are doing. Uh, it's, you really are preparing the drivers and we all know preparation is half the battle of, of being able to get out there and, and be a success. You know, yeah. you've got to be thinking about all these things and y'all do a wonderful job of that. Well, thank you. Thank you. For so I'm, I'm guessing that your, your six-month kind of awakening lands right in the middle of the truck, the biggest trucking market in the history of the trucking world, right? 2018. Yes. 
Yes. Um, so yes. I came in as a solo at that time in March, and he handed me the keys. Yeah, I'm the he. The, uh, huh? <laughs> yeah. He. He. Yeah. Not Lone Star, right? <clears throat> right. So Larry gives me the keys to the truck and I log into the board, and I take off. And the the amount of money that I generated in that first six or seven months was obscene. You know, yes. I, I was probably making more money then as a solo driver than a lot of teams do now. It yes. was, no it doubt. was crazy. So I, let me, t- let me tell you a story. I had, I had this FedEx dedicated route lined up for him whenever I was going to hire him. Okay. And, um, the Lord was just, looking out for me. It just so <laughs> happened that one of the legs fell off, you know? And so uh-huh. Chris said, why don't you let me run my own thing for a while and until you get this straightened out, you know? And so I agreed to do it, but I would never have been able to generate for him the income in that. And even in that FedEx dedicated route that he did on load board. So uh, it, it, it was, it was that was, that was a wild year. Of course, as company drivers, we'd never been privileged to what rates were, right, you know? Right, right. And, uh, but that was our first full year. We actually came in like October the year before, uh, made our way through the winter, uh, with uh, help from great people. and uh, But that year, at the end of the year, I had this pile of money in the bank. <laughs> I told it, my husband, I said, I, I don't know what to do with all this money. I, I don't want to pay off the truck, you know. And we went and paid cash for a rental unit off of our first year. Right. I mean, we just looked at each other and said, did this just really happen? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I'm going to say we didn't back up from work. You know, right. it wasn't like, like Chris, we ran, I mean, we ran and, uh, but that was a record breaker year. That was a great year. Absolutely. So, so that you've got this six months now, you've got some experience, you've got some understanding. So at this point, have you started to lock in those relationships with agents and be able to build on that? Um, Cause I don't know the end of your story as to like what you're doing now. So the contrast between the beginning and now. So how does that progress say from six to 12 months as you get locked into doing those things? Like for example, we know that there's stuff that never hits the board, you know, especially in oversized, really, really specialized stuff and the big money that, that the keyboard warriors think they deserve, but they'll never see it and they don't deserve it. Um, so why don't you talk about, you know, let's just go from that a point of awakening kind of to now as you've, uh, began to build your own brand inside the system, uh, and, and build those relationships. Uh, yes. And I always said that first six months, if I heard the word relationship one more time, I thought I was just going to scream. I, I just, it just absolutely put me over the top. And yet now when I speak with new people, that's the first word out of my mouth. Uh, When we say relationships, we're not talking about just agents. We're talking about everyone. We're talking about other BCOs. We're talking about people on the corporate side, our support system, our business partners there. We're talking about customers making a good impression. And you actually build relationships with customers, you know, that look forward to your truck coming. They like to see you because you're, you know, you provide great service for them. So we 
had a lot of line haul experience, and like many teams do, we gravitated toward that drop and hook freight. Uh, we did a we do a quite a bit of work. I don't know, uh, you know, without listing accounts and things and getting into privileged information. But uh, there's a lot of FedEx. There's some other line haul business and things here. There's some large agencies that handle large accounts, and we found ourselves because we had a lot of experience in that gravitating to that kind of work. And uh, a couple of BCOs that I had met through the mentoring page, we became, became friends. And after what you will find is BCOs can help you a tremendous amount. They can. Uh, be selective about who you allow in your circle. I chose people that were positive, that were professional, that were accomplishing the things that we wanted to accomplish. We stayed away from the whiners and the mm -hmm. complainers and the people that never had anything good to say about the agents or Landstar or anything else. We completely stepped away from anything that was negative. And uh, we were fortunate. A couple of those BCOs called into agents and said, hey, we've met this team. We've been watching them for a couple of months, and we think they're good people. You know, if you've got anything you can throw that way. Uh, what an amazing gift is that, you know? Mm -hmm. So there was a particular agency we were working with. They didn't have a loop. They didn't have dedicated. They didn't, uh, you know, but they had a lot of freight on the board. And the rates were good. And we began running quite a bit for them and building that relationship. And so pretty soon it went from just having to work the board. Uh, I began to work my way in and say, hey, if you have anything that would connect with this, mm -hmm. uh, would you give me a call? You know, we wanted, uh, there's so many facets to this. This particular agency we love to do business with. They were very above board. They were, uh, their integrity was impeccable. Their rates were good. And I found two of their runs that I could do that would take me back and forth and make good money. But I had to deadhead 750 miles to get from one leg of it to the other. <laughs> mm, interesting. And, and uh, I, I asked them, if I'm willing to do this, would, would you commit to me? Can I have those two runs every week? And uh, half of the camp was, you're crazy to deadhead. <laughs> the other half of the camp that had made their money and was used to team freight and everything said, I'd probably do that to get in the door too, you know? And so we did. We ran like that for two or three months. Uh, they lost one of the lanes. And so that came to an end. And that's something to not get discouraged about. When you're here and you finally lock into something you really, really want to do, um, don't be discouraged if six months down the road, two years down the road, whatever, that opportunity ends because so, there will be five more right behind it. So let's, let's talk about that, what you just said, because, you know, you hear the don't haul cheap freight. Uh, 750 miles of deadhead would qualify as cheap freight. Um, so you sat there and you made the decision. You looked at the numbers, you looked at the revenue for the two loads you were doing, you factored in what the cost of that deadhead was going to be. And it was Correct. still a good business decision for you to do that. Forget the building the relationship part, just the monetary part of that Correct. decision had to be there. Now, had you listened to the naysayers, because there's a lot of people that would have said, do not do that. Don't move that truck unless Correct. you're making fill in the blank, right? Correct. Correct. 
Correct. Isn't it funny how making a bit a, a, a decision based on numbers and business is different than making a decision based on what the what the committee of day said? Right. Correct. Right? Correct. Uh, again, I always stress what worked for us may not work for anyone else. We uh, we have some non-traditional <laughs> unorthodox methods that we go through. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, we have made very good money here and we have great relationships. And in my mind, it has paid off. Uh, You're in an orthodox world right here. Okay. Absolutely. We, 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 we've been called lunatics. Okay. So you're, 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 you're in good company right here. Well, you know, you talked about this building relationship thing and we hear that word. Well, actually that's, you know, when there's some words that you never hear by themselves. Okay. You never hear, I want to, I want to, I want to, I suggest we paint this wall. It's always, let's put a fresh coat of paint on this wall. Okay. You never hear the word relationship. It's build relationship. It's coupled with another word. Okay. Right. right. And people go, well, how does the, I mean, how do you do that? What does that mean? I mean, build relationship. What, what, what do I do? What do I get up tomorrow and do, you know? And so, you know, I, I kind of have an idea here uh, and I want you to, I want, I want you to, and it's very simple and it's not, it has nothing to do with trucking. Okay. I, I, you probably already know this, but I come from a business background, not trucking background. Okay. Right. And when I teach people business and what I've done business, the, the, your competitive edge is, is very simply this. Do what you say you would do. Do it when you said you would do it. Do it exactly like you said you would do it. And do it for the price you said you would do it. Now, Absolutely. if you do those four things okay, with, with no exceptions and no excuses, the relationship is built. The competition is gone. It's just that simple. It's I just agree. that simple. Okay. There, there is no way to explain the success we have had. <clears throat> we are not one of the top earning teams. I know there's people so far above us that would make my head spin, but it is beyond anything we initially thought was possible when we came in the door. And, and it, I, I credit it with the relationships and keeping our word. I, I really do. So you know, we we talk a lot about the numbers here. We've been open about how we build our model and the kind of money that we need to make in order for our drivers to make a living, for in order for us to maintain the trucks and earn a profit. But I would, you know, I, I'm not trying to get in your business, but I would like people to hear some sort of, you know. I mean, we, we run for a minimum of twelve fifty a day. If it's if it can't pay twelve fifty, we're not going to do it. I would love to know because Zeke and I have tried to run team in in uh, sixteen, and we just were clueless as to how to make it work. Um, so to just to give people an idea of the expectations, if you do the hard work, if you build the relationships. Like, what can you expect or what should you expect to be able to do as a Landstar team that has put in the work? Uh, I guess that's, that's kind of a hard question to answer, Chris. Uh, I did not have a set minimum or, or anything. 
you know, uh, when I say that we're not there completely knowledge wise and, and everything uh, perfectly pegged at this point in time, I was always shooting for 6,000 net. Okay. That, that was what I was always shooting for. If we were on the road working, I was looking for 6,000 net after Landstar's cut and after uh, our fuel cost. Okay. Obviously uh, not before, you know, our payroll and the truck payment and all right. of those things, but right. I was looking for 6,000 and uh, uh, many, many times the dedicated that we ran last year, problematic as it was, uh, was considerably higher than that. So mm -hmm. if you're working, you know, if you're out there working, you, uh, gosh, I just hate to qualify anything like that. If you're a team that's working, uh, there's no reason you shouldn't be dumping five grand a week in your bank account, you know, unless you are the team that says, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this, and I'm not going there, and I will sit here and wait four days for the perfect load. Uh, I will spend $300 in fuel, and I will deadhead wherever I have to get to, and I will burn a day of driving because I'm going to pick up a $10,000 load. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, but again, that was, that is our method. That is not for everyone, but yeah, minimum of five grand minimum. Uh, I could squeeze by on that, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, and, and that's, that, that makes sense because I've always maintained it as a, as a solo at Landstar that that's not messing around bring down 3,500, right, you know, right. like you say, after fuel and, and before right. your other expenses, but, but net, net revenue to the truck, you know, right. Um, right. so as a team where you're actually running, you know, in, in, now correct me if I'm wrong here. When I, when I talk to people about teams, my, my expectation that I tell them is that you'll do one and a half of a good running solo. You know, you're not going to do double, but you'll run at least at Landstar, you know, uh, but just because of the fact that we don't have a lot of that team freight, you know, you're running a lot of times as a super solo, you know, so at five, that's right in with what I would, would tell people to expect, you know, so that's. But I, I think uh, we took on a problematic dedicated last year, and uh, that's why I always just have to sit and smile when I listen to so many of you that I consider to have so much more knowledge than I do about things. Uh, uh, it was a it was a problematic run, lots and lots of delays at the shipper. I mean, it was mm -hmm. it just really was a problem. But this was a multi million dollar account for this agent and for Landstar, and the pay was good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, that was one leg of our trip, east coast to west. Uh, I want to say probably by the time we put everything together for that, our net was somewhere. Uh, I contributed to an escrow account still do uh, was right about 7,500 a week uh, mm. to the truck, you know? Uh, so, uh, you know, there's money to be made out there and, and there were teams that were making more money than that, you know? So, but there's money to be made if you're willing to work. Okay. Um, Larry. Well, just, well, just just to get, let's talk a little bit more. Now, if someone were coming on as a team and, and they don't have the relationships yet and all that sort of thing, 
right. you know, and, and the load board is the tool that they're going to have to use, you know, Correct. at first, you know. So how would you use the load board? I mean, you kind of tell us what, you know, what, how did you set up your, your, you know, what were the parameters that you used and give us a little bit of insight on how you use that big tool that we call the load board. Certainly. Uh, disclaimer again, my methods, uh, I began stacking freight. What I realized was that, um, you know, a load post and you either grab it or it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so I would go out into the distance. I would book, you know, I would start with my first load and say, okay, I'm going to go from A to B. Mm-hmm. Now I need something within range of that to carry me on. Mm-hmm. And I began booking out and I would book two weeks of freight at a time, three weeks of go. freight at a time, mm-hmm. because those loads, those good paying loads do not last, right? right? And uh, something else that you find out is the agents with the regular lanes and things like that. Let's say uh, California to Florida run. Well, you realize that every few months they get the rest of those loads booked. And if you call them and say, if you have the relationship and they know they can trust you, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. uh, they will let you have those loads. You know, say, I'll take one of those every week for the next four weeks. But But to back up to what you were saying, uh, I I stacked loads. And Mm -hmm. if a load fell out in between, we kept going. We deadheaded to that next load. We did not ever call that agent and say, I'm Mm -hmm. so sorry. Our connecting load fell through and we can't, you know, we're leaving you with no notice, but we're not going to be there. That was You own the load. You took it. That's right. That's well, right. you know, the haters would say, well, what if a load's going to cancel or, you know, what if you get right. held up? That's what, you know, I agree with you. I mean, that's exactly how we do it. You know, I find that if I'm looking for a load today for tomorrow, right. I'm going to have to make a hundred phone calls to get Correct. that. Okay. If I'm right. looking for a load for next week or 10 days from now, I have to make two phone calls. To find Correct. Yes, you know. I agree. And because the majority of people who run at Landstar run one load at a time, they don't look for a load till they're backed into the dock and delivering the load they've got. So right. everybody, there's 9,000 drivers now, they're looking for a load for tomorrow, you know. Right. And so it's just a race to the bottom, you know. Right. And so uh, I find it very frustrating to try to do that. I agree with you. I stack, we stack, all, we teach to stack. We stack, we stack at least probably 10 days out, you know. Um, right. And, and, you know, when you're dispatching multiple trucks, can wow. you imagine, can you imagine wow. if I had to book a low for every truck every day, you know, right. what my life would right. be like, you know? Right. So, um, so part of it is selfish, but at the same time, it's still the, the right strategy in my opinion. You know, um, the, uh, the other thing about the stacking thing is that, um, you know, you, um, well, I just lost my train of thought, Chris, help me out. Um, the train left a long time ago. Well, <laughs> well, I started to say, to add that in there, when you begin learning to do that, <clears throat> be very cautious about that. Do not overcommit to where you cannot follow through and service that customer. Right. We all know weather is going to happen. Traffic is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that receiver is not going to unload you as quickly as what they said they were. Mm-hmm. Build yourself a little time in between there, unless it's accounts that you are personally familiar with and you know that it mm-hmm. usually goes off without a hitch. Yeah. You know, the last thing you want to do is you've got 10 loads stacked and all of a sudden one load causes a 10 hour delay mm-hmm. and now you're behind for the next 10 days. Well, you and know, that was, so be careful I, I heard, about that. 
I remember my point now. Yes. So we go through two or three weeks and have no problems. And then right. we'll have to couple. But the problems that we have are not often enough or drastic enough or severe enough to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Absolutely. Know? Just because Absolutely. it happens one time doesn't mean that we change our strategy and don't do this anymore. You know, right. that was the point I was going right. to make. Well, right. I, I can provide a, a real world example. It's taken seven months, but Operation Enduring Cluster finally caught up with me. My customer, <laughs> dedicated customer, uh, mm. never stopped shipping throughout the pandemic. Wonderful. And we got to about three weeks ago and they're like, Hey, we're not going to have your load ready till tomorrow. I'm like, okay, I got to hustle to get 15 stops off in two days, but I can do it. Perfect. And the next week, well, we're still behind today. And then last Monday they called me, um, Hey, your load's going to be two days late. Right. I'm like, yeah, that can't, that can't work, you know? And I called the shipper directly and I'm like, Hey buddy, these customers closed on Saturday. He's like, well, how are we going to get them delivered? I'm thinking with a helicopter, you know? And so he's like, well, let's move them to Monday. I'm like, okay, we can do that. Except I've got another customer that I always serve on Monday. So right. I had to call them and say, listen, my other customer can't get people Correct. to come to work because they make more money on unemployment. So they can't pro manufacture the products exactly. fast enough. It's yes. a, there's a huge difference in calling somebody saying, I can't help you next week versus I can't help you tomorrow, you know? Right. And yes. of course these longstanding relationships. And so now here I'm setting going, like I'm going to leave here in about 30 minutes to go deliver a load that should have been delivered last Wednesday right. and then hope that maybe they're back, you know, it's, but a lot of people don't understand. And I had to understand it at first. Whatever's on that truck and that trailer, it owns you. That's it your only priority yes. on this planet right now. It does. And, and until yes. it's unloaded, right? You know, everybody else right. can have a coke and a smile because right. it just doesn't right. matter. Right. Don't you don't you love the new BCOs that go? Well, how come I can't just drop this at a terminal and somebody else deliver it for me and give me an empty trailer <laughs> and let me go on? Bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to it, the world of Landstar. It know? is. We we got caught. We got caught with the loads when we were brand new, like that. A high paying load. Oh my gosh, we were we had stars in our eyes, and it was supposed to. It was a team load. They were in a hurry, and it was going to one of those infamous automotive plants. Oh yeah. And it was supposed to deliver on Friday morning. Uh, there was this obscure holiday that Friday that no one had given any consideration to because most of us have to work through that. And right. guess what? That plant was closed down. It's a and union were, plant. Let me guess. Let and, me guess. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, naturally, uh, they were not going to open up again until Ooh. Sunday night. Yeah. And, and you know, I look back at that, and I laugh at a lot of it, and I'm thankful for the people that put up with me. You know, I called the agent, and I said, uh, I've got loads booked. You know, I, I've got to be there. And, and there was no help to be had. We sat there for three days waiting to unload that, you know. And then, of course, being new, I was like, this is my truck. We're owner-operators. Uh, I want $2,500 a day to sit there. And of course that brought a, a lot of laughter about that. And, uh, you know, uh, we never did get any detention off of that, uh, you know, so, uh, there are lessons to be learned. You've got to, you know, you've got to have some, some nerves of steel at times and just understand that it's part of the process. Uh, so many loads will go perfect without a hitch, but there will be those, but they're just a bump in the road. It's not a 
permanent thing. But the overall strategy is that, in my opinion, and I think yours too, that booking loads like that, stacking loads, to use that term, will pay off more often than it will not because oh, those things stayed. don't happen often enough for you not to use that strategy. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And the other and thing I'm, is don't ever sit. You know, if you're right. like you said, right. if you have to if you have to deadhead seven hundred and fifty miles, eat it because your fixed cost is there whether you're driving or not. So Correct. sitting is not free. Correct. You're still absorbing those fixed costs and you can't ever go back and undo them. Correct. So every day you sit waiting for that load that eventually after three days, you're going to take anyway. Now you've just exactly. lost three days of fixed costs while you exactly. sit there not doing it. So exactly. I, and I'm just, just for the sake of the record. Okay. Uh, the asterisk to that, there are people that are so incredibly specialized, right? That, yes, you know, and trust me, if you're listening to this, you're not that person. Okay. <laughs> it's not you. That I'm talking yeah. about, okay? But yeah. there are people that will sit a week, but y'all, they're getting $9 a mile a right. because they're exactly. so incredibly specialized yes. and yes. they're so yes. valuable that they will sit. And if I was that valuable too, I would sit my country ass down and wait for a big one to come along too. There, there you go. Uh, but there's but more yes. people, there are more people who think that they fit that description right. than Correct. actually do Correct. though. If you're Correct. pulling a van, okay. Or even a flatbed, you're not that person. Okay. Correct. So, Correct. you know, now if you're, you've got one of those Correct. things with 18 axles and stuff, God bless right. you, you know, right. But uh, I had a guy, you know, we, we're all van here, okay, and that's all I know. And one, one time I had a BCO, a new BCO, convince me to dispatch him, um, and he was a flatbed. And I'm like, buddy, I'll do my best, but I know nothing about your business. Right. It was the hardest thing because I didn't know how long it took to tarp. You know, every, he, there's so much deadhead in flatbed, you know. I mean, after a couple, about three weeks, I said, look, I, I'm doing you a disservice. I'm not taking your money anymore. You know, find somebody who's a flat better to help you out, you know, uh, because it's just a different world. You know, and that's what Chris is yes. talking about. You know, when we talk here, we're talking generality. We're talking to people who haul fan or freight, fan freight, and just the, the regular people, not the specialized people, you know. And so um, right. what we say isn't the asterisk that he refers to. Yes. There are going to be some people that this would not apply to, but it's very few and far between, and you're probably not listening to our podcast. So, You know, addressing the, uh, the idea of specialized freight, Larry, that's something that uh, we get a lot of questions about. Uh, there are different divisions within Landstar. There are amazing opportunities here. Uh, you can go into uh, the government work. You know, you can get mm -hmm. clearances and do that. You can go into temperature control pharmaceuticals and uh, uh, things that I haven't even heard of yet. Sure, sure. We've been here three years, and I can honestly say I'm more excited now than I have been at any point since we got here. It just keeps building. But uh, although we happen to both be military backgrounds, uh, backgrounds, we both were active duty, and uh, so it was a we were approached initially, you know, would you be interested in this over here? My take on that was we needed to learn everything from the ground up. We needed to be able to do the most basic freight and mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. truly be comfortable in the Landstar system before mm -hmm. we started trying to be special. 
<laughs> and uh, we've just now ventured into some different freight and, and making some changes and things here. But I would encourage people when they come, give yourself some time. There's a lot of stars out there to grab for, but give yourself the time to build a good foundation. Get to know the agents. Uh, I would say that the majority of our agents are just absolutely some of the best of the best. Mm -hmm. uh, but just like the BCOs, there are some that maybe integrity is not on their high, you know, list mm -hmm. uh, priorities and things. Um, don't waste your time. If you have a bad experience, move on. Uh, make a note that maybe it would not be in your best interest to deal with that agency again. But I can honestly say we have had so few problems of anything like that. Uh, uh, but get in there and build a foundation. Look around at all the different opportunities there are and begin building a business plan to move into a different kind of freight. So let me ask you this, Judy, because I, I get this question a lot, and, and I honestly don't know how to answer it, but after hearing you today, I think probably I would change my answer, but when I've had people who see me at a truck shop or whatever, and they're a team, and they go, you know, is Landstar a good place for teams? I used to say, well, I honestly don't know the answer to that. I don't see a lot of team freight, you know, right. but I'm not right. looking for it, but I don't really right. know. Right. Now, what, what would you say to that question? Is, is Landstar a good place to be a team, in your opinion? I think uh, I know the answer, but I'm going to let you say it. In my opinion, it, it's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. Looks are deceiving on that board. And the relationship thing, again, where I used to have to make all the phone calls, uh, I just got a message from an agent recently. I didn't even know of that agency. I had never heard of it. And what the message was, this BCO, who we highly value, told me about you, and uh, we'd like to do some business with you if you're in our area. How amazing is that, that someone go. would do that for you? Sure. But it was based on reputation, you sure. know. And so uh, we now get some calls. I still work the board. Especially since we've moved in, we did purchase a refrigerated trailer this spring. Mm -hmm. We are doing temperature control freight as well as dry van now. And, uh, uh, but my phone rings, but I still work the board. And it's all about being creative. It's about being willing to do what the next guy uh, next to you is not. You know, we just deadheaded 900 miles to help an agent. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a BCO tell me I was crazy for that. They didn't know what that agent was paying. Sure. They didn't know that that agent calls us. Uh, and uh, there are good team opportunities out there. Yes, absolutely. Well, well you know, we've got 10,000 drivers here typically, or BCOs, and we have about, I think the number was 14, I think it's more like 1,200 now agents, okay, agencies mm -hmm. at Lansing. Mm -hmm. And just like the BCOs are looking for the good agents, Believe me, the good agents are looking for the good BCOs. It's a two-way street. It and is. If you get that reputation out there, being one of those good BCOs who did everything we talked about a while ago, you know, right? Um, they're they're gonna they're gonna look they're gonna look for you. They're gonna they want to find you because it makes their you know they they spent all this time and effort to get this customer, and they they turn it over to somebody that doesn't treat them very well. And it just is counter to everything they've had to do to gain this customer. They want Absolutely. somebody to go there that represents them just yes. like 
they have represented themselves, you know, to this customer. So it's, uh, it's, uh, I know it's probably a little bit, um, uh, you know, a cliche, but I mean, that's really what, you know, that's, that, that's really what they want is someone that will take care of their customer. You know, we talk about this too here is that a lot of BCOs don't, un, don't understand who their, their customer is. They think right. their customer is who they're shipping to, you know, and, and we point out to them all the time, no, no, your customer is the agent. That's who right. your customer is. Right. You know, right. that's their customer. You need to take care of them, but taking care of that shipper or that, or that, or that, um, you know, um, uh, it, it, and then, and then treating the agent bad is not going to do anything good for you as far as helping you get more freight from that person, you know? Correct. Correct. Well, listen, we've gone uh, on here longer than we probably thought. Um, Judy, thank you for being here. Uh, if someone wanted to get a hold of you to talk to you, are you willing to do that? Or would you rather them come through our email and us forward to you? What, what, uh, what is your comfort level with questions or in emails or whatnot? You know, I always tell everyone I really don't know very much at all, but I know a lot of people. But I know a lot of people that do, do know a lot, and I make a lot of phone calls. Uh, it's been such a, a wonderful opportunity, and so many people have helped us that I'm always willing to help, and I don't mind uh, to take phone calls and things. If it's beyond my knowledge level, which many things are, I just refer them on to someone that knows more than I do, and. Uh, um, Coming here with the right attitude and things, it'll change your life in trucking. There's no doubt about that. Well, if you're a BCO, you can find her at uh, BCO Mentoring. It's called Landstar BCO Mentoring. Is that, is that correct on Facebook? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, if you'd like to, for us, you know, our uh, everybody knows our information, Larry or Chris at blueribbonlogistics.com. Send it to us. We'll forward it to Judy, and um, and she can respond to you if she gets a chance. Um Judy, I want to thank you again for doing this. Uh, Chris, do you have anything before we wrap up here? No, I think that's it. I really appreciate you being here. It's opened my eyes because I, I, if I had, um, if I kind of had it to do over again, um, I because I enjoy teaming. Right. Um, Y'all are uh, nuts. Well, Judy's <laughs> not. She's married. <laughs> yeah. But teaming with somebody that you're not married to. Um, well, I had, I, I teamed with, or in I, my case, team with my wife. Yeah. No, no. Well, I, I teamed both <laughs> of my cousin. That's a whole other topic, Larry. Yeah, yeah. She's been on the truck with me a couple of times, you know, and I just can't wait to get her back home. You know, I just, I can't have people in my space. You know, I just, you know, putting, <laughs> putting your book where it doesn't belong, putting your shoes where they, I just can't, I can't. <laughs> Sorry. I've had three really good team drivers and that makes a huge difference because I've had a few bad ones and the bad ones are hell on earth. Uh, so yeah, if you guys have any questions with, uh, you know, if you're a team or you're looking, you're curious about this, um, look up the Landstar BCO mentoring group, uh, send us an email. We can get you in contact with Judy. Uh, and I believe, uh, that's about it. Uh, let me, let me say one more thing, a recruiting thing. You know, we, we are talking to um, a couple of BCOs who are going to have trucks that they're, uh, uh, that they're got, they're, we've got some trucks that aren't going to be ours that we're going to be managing and dispatching probably coming up in the fall. So, and then we're also looking at adding some more trucks. So, again, we're, um, we're looking for drivers. So, if you're interested in being part of the Lunatics and uh, taking advantage of this opportunity at Landstar, 
and we're we now would be open to a team now that we understand how this works so uh get a hold of us you know larry at landstar or at uh, blue ribbon logistics.com chris do you have the phone number you still you know the phone number <laughs> we have a phone number we don't know what it is <laughs> anyway thanks guys judy thank you very much thank you thank and, you um, we'll see everybody again soon thanks all right thanks everybody see you thank next you time. <laughs>